Welcome to the Rehope Podcast. Before we dive into this week's message, we'd like to provide you with some helpful resources. If you'd like someone to pray for you, it would be our joy to connect with you. So please email us at prayer at rehope.co.uk. If you'd like to get connected with an online Bible read-through group from wherever you are in the world, you can email brt at rehope.co.uk and be a part of a small group of people reading through the Bible cover to cover each year. Finally, if you would like to support the work and ministry of Rehope financially, you can do so online at rehope.co.uk slash giving. We pray you find this message encouraging, enlightening, and helpful. Enjoy. Have a seat, have a seat. Thank you so much, worship team. We'll be seeing you again later. Um, if you are a kid and you're not sitting with your parents right now, that would be a really good idea because today I've got a little fun thing for us. And you're, well, it's not that you necessarily need your parent, but you probably need their phone. So um, we're going to play uh, Crooksy's New Year Bingo. This is the annual event of Rehope Southside for the new year. It's about to be. I'm going to make this a tradition because I'm trying to keep the festivities going up in here. So Crooksy's New Year Bingo, here's how it works. You need your phone. You need to go to the Rehope Southside Instagram account. That's at Rehope Southside. Click on the link in our bio. That'll bring you to our like little diddly-doo. And in there, you'll see another link that says Crooksy's New Year Bingo. And you click on that, and it brings you up your very own bingo card. Fun. So as we go through today's story, if you see or if you hear anything that is from your bingo card, click on it. A big red X will appear, so you know you've got that thing. And then when you've got all your things, you can shout bingo. You can interrupt me, and then you can come up here, and you can claim your prize. Now... We're playing primary school rules. Um, can we get a wee uh, picture of that? I've started already, Riley. Um, the, the primary school picture? The next one? Bingo. Primary school rules. None of this like getting a row or a column or a diagonal. Nothing. You've got to get them all. And once you get them all, shout bingo. Come up here. Claim your prize. I have got prizes for kids and I have got prizes for grown-ups. So we should see what prizes I have got in my bag today. You know what to do, eh? What have I got in my bag today, bag today, bag today? What have I got in my bag today? Look and see. Fun. Will the fun ever end? No. It'll never end. Just press on that. In my bag, I have got great things like we're just a clear selection box. Mm-hmm. Don't get too excited too soon, Isaac. There's so many good things in here, mate. Are you going to stay? You are going to stay. That's fun. Oh, Jimmy. <laughs> I have got, oh, Paw Patrol stickers. Uh, they're shiny. And I've also got some Julia Donaldson stickers. They're reward stickers, so maybe this is the prize that can get you some more prizes. Hey, thinking ahead, my dudes. I have got... 
Terry's Chocolate Orange, Christmas, isn't it? Uh, I've got Muppets minifigure. I have got uh, Reaping Socks, um, dyed by my very own dye. I've got orange ones. I've got <laughs> yellow ones and peachy ones. Those are little trainer socks. They're really cute. Um, I was a bit offended that they didn't sell at Reaping So, but you can't win them all, so you can't. Um, cool. And I've also got, oh, uh, coffee from that um, Southside Roaster with the Gaelic name that I can't pronounce. That one's for the kids. I have got a candle, because everybody needs a cute little candle, isn't it? And the last one, I have got some Premier League trading cards. So, loads of things there. Um, Jamie, you hold that. Great. These are the things you're playing for. So, we've already started. So, if on your bingo card you see anything about the song bag, you can tick that off already. And we're going to get going because the fun has begun. Today we're still talking about Christmas because I do want to keep the festivities going. Because sometimes after Christmas, I think that we think, I'm so glad that that's over. And maybe, actually, maybe I was thinking that might be just like a grown-up's problem because grown-ups are the worst. But then we went to Northern Ireland for Christmas and Jamie and I have a two-year-old nephew who uh, kind of did something that was a little bit the same as that. He is the cutest, sweetest boy in the whole world and you want to see his wee face when he's opening his presents. Everyone was like, oh, whoa. So cute. Everyone. And then he was like, wait, there's another present? <gasps> and he just kept, he wanted to open the presents, open the presents, open the presents. Because it turns out that the best thing about opening presents is opening presents. Playing with the presents, not so much. Get that garbage out of here. I just want to open another present. And then at the end of it, you're just left with a bunch of wrapping paper and a really excited two-year-old and a sad dinosaur toy that knows it's not going to get played with. What a wee shame. We just move on from stuff, don't we? We're really excited about something for one minute, and then we just move on from it. How do we do that? Like, what is up with that? Let's not do that. Because last time I checked, you're not a two-year-old. Unless you are a two-year-old, in which case that is fine. But we don't want to move on from the Christmas just yet because there is good stuff for us that we can carry on into the new year from Christmas that we don't want to just move on from, which brings us to today's story. Ding dong, Christmas bells? No, just the doorbell of the palace in Jerusalem. And they open it and there are very, very excited people at the door. We're here. <laughs> cool. You're here. It's like, yes, we have come all the way to see him. We are so excited. We know what's going on. We know that it is the most wonderful time of the year. You guys don't seem that excited. And the people in the palace are just like, what? The wise men are there. They're so excited. But the people in the palace aren't that excited. They're like, hey, wasn't there, uh, 
isn't there a baby king born here? Right? And they're like, no. King Herod is our king, and he's old. He's not a baby. No, there was no baby king born here. And the wise men are like, yeah, 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 the baby king. We know all about him. We saw his star when it appeared. We t- we've traveled very far, very far, very far. We followed it. We knew it was from God, and we knew it meant baby king, and we followed it all the way here. So now we're here, and now he's here, and now we're here, and can we see him now? And they're just like, what are you talking about? Yo, we need to be more wise men, my dudes, because they are dedicated. They will not stop until they meet this special king. They see something, they know what it means, they know it's from God, and they know that it is good news. They don't know all the details yet. Don't worry about that. They just go for it, and they go for it full whack. I love that. They travel a crazy distance just to meet Jesus. They don't know his name yet. They don't know that he's called Jesus, but they know that he is really important and they are ready to do whatever it takes to be with him and to be closer to him. And I love that about the wise men. They know that our King Jesus is just so important and he isn't a thing to just be moved on from. And they keep going and 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 going until they get to be with him. Even when things don't immediately go according to plan, they don't give up. I mean, they showed up at the palace because that's where baby kings are born, right? And everyone is like, uh, what? (laughs) Baby king, what? By the way, this is uh, among the Google image results that you get when you Google confuse King Charles. But never mind King Charles or his spaniel. King Herod was confused. Um, You see, he was a king. And he kind of liked being the king. And he didn't have any plans to not be the king anymore. So all of this chat about a new baby king, not his most exciting news ever. I mean, come on, wise men. Read the room here, my dudes. But they just keep going on and on. They're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We want to see the baby king. We brought him gifts and we want to worship him. Can we see him yet? King Herod doesn't know what to tell them. He doesn't know where the baby king is. So he called in his smartest dudes who know like all of the bible stuff so that he could ask them. And he's like, psh, psh, hey, 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 hey. Do you know where the baby Messiah King is gonna be born? And here's what they told him. They said, in Bethlehem of Judea, because this is what was written by the prophet. And you, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means the least of the rulers of Judah, because out of you will come a ruler that will shepherd my people Israel. Hmm, listen, my dudes, sometimes we turn good news into bad news and we can do it when we're feeling a little bit selfish and maybe we get good news that is good news for everybody but for us it just maybe means something a little bit different and that's kind of what happened with King Herod hey like he got some news that the promised Messiah baby king was here and he heard that good news for everyone and he turned it into bad news because he thought that it meant that he wouldn't be the king 
anymore, and he was sad about it. And even though he didn't really know what was going on, he did know what to do next because he had a really sneaky plan. Baby king. Oh, the baby king. Yes. Yes. Oh, of course. How could I forget about the baby king? Yes. Oh, I'm so glad that you guys are here. This is so exciting. Oh, yes. The baby king. Tell you what, why don't you go off to Bethlehem and you can worship him and all that. And then when you're done, why don't you just come back here to me and tell me where the little baby king is so that I can go and worship him too. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> he wasn't going to go worship baby king. No, he wanted to kill the baby. Look, Herod isn't dumb. He knows who this baby is. He asked where the Messiah was. He knows this baby is God's special, special forever king. And instead of hearing good news about that, he decided he is going to get the really important promise by God forever king and try and kill him while he is still a baby. This man is nuts. He is nuts and he's sneaky and he didn't tell the wise men and they trusted him and they went off to Bethlehem and they found the house where Jesus was. Yes, the house. He wasn't in the stable anymore. Whew. One night in the stable is one night too many. And when the wise men found Jesus, the Bible tells us that they were overwhelmed with joy. So much joy. They worshipped him and they gave him the gifts. And this was like more than just really exciting. This was the best thing ever. They were overwhelmed with joy. So much joy that they could barely even handle it. That doesn't sound like the sort of thing that you just move on from. Could you imagine the wise man being like, oh, seeing Jesus was nice and all that, but I'm just so glad it's over. Like, no, they're not going to say that. We can be more wise men because some things are worth getting excited about, for real. And there are some things that are worth getting so excited about you can barely even handle it. And Jesus is one of those things. And they weren't just excited in the moment, you know. They were excited the whole time. The whole time they were traveling that long, long distance. Oh, I can't wait to see him. They were excited when they showed up at the palace and things all got confusing and weird. Oh, I can't wait to see him. They were excited when they showed up at the house and they thought, well, huh, this isn't exactly where I thought a baby king would be born. But they were still excited. They got to meet him. And when they got to meet him, it wasn't a letdown. They were so excited and it wasn't a letdown. You know, the first time I heard the word anticipointment was used in reference to Star Wars Episode One. So much anticipation, and then you watch it, and then it's garbage, and then so much disappointment, so much anticipointment. I mean, look at Liam Neeson up there. Even he knows that he's done a bad thing. Liam Neeson knows what Liam Neeson did. And Jar Jar, look at him, he's like, oh, oopsie, Misa make bad movie. <laughs> Do you know when you have those moments of clarity when you've just done a Jar Jar Binks impression in 2023? 23 and a half years too late with that one, Crooksy, nice one. 
New Year's Eve is a bit like that too sometimes, isn't it? A, like so much excitement and so much hype, and then it comes, and you're in bed by 8 o'clock. Or you wish you were in bed at 8 o'clock, but you're like, oh, I, I feel like I should stay up. I feel, like I, I feel like I should stay up, even when you don't want to. It's anticipation, isn't it? Or maybe you thinking, like, this is going to be really fun hanging out with my pals, and it's not actually as good as you thought it was going to be. New Year's Eve kind of gets to be a bit of anticipation. But maybe it's not just New Year's Eve. Maybe it's like New Year's in general, eh? Because I feel like the last 10 years, it's been like, oh, I'm so glad 2016 is over. There's no way 2017 can be as bad as 2016. (laughs) Do you remember when we were so glad to see the back of 2020? In the land of hope and glory that it was going to be 2021. That was fun. Our buddy John in Portland had this theory um, that like, when the Spanish flu pandemic ended, yes, I'm talking about the Spanish flu now, um, when the Spanish flu pandemic ended and then it was like the roaring 20s and he was like, see when COVID's over, it's going to be the roaring 2020s and he was like, all of the world is going to turn into Long Island and we're going to just tear it up Great Gatsby style. It's going to be class. And you're like, cool. I'm kind of still waiting for that to happen. <laughs> And instead, we got cost of living crisis and a war in Ukraine. Maybe John was actually thinking of the Spanish flu pandemic and then the Great Depression and then World War II. So maybe he was in the right ballpark, but still very, 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 very wrong. Things don't usually turn out the way that we expect or hope. But there is hope for you and hope for your future. Early 20th century history detour over. Let's make this year the year that we make the choice to carry our hope and our joy out of the Advent season and into the new year, no matter where we find ourselves, no matter what our circumstances. Think about the wise men, you know? They were expecting a party at the palace, but instead they got family time at the house and they were still overwhelmed with joy because they keep their eyes on what is important and they say the good, they see the good things And they let the good things hit them like a truck. Yo, Jamie and I were back in Northern Ireland over Christmas. And we're from there. So this thing is in us. You seem to be exempt from it, Lindy, which is nice for you. Um, But we had kind of forgotten about it because we haven't actually spent that much time in Northern Ireland over the last five years. So when we went back, we were like, oh, this thing. And this thing is that people in Northern Ireland are generally um, maybe just like part of the culture they are just kind of like generally a little bit more grumpy than everybody else from other places. And I wanted to put a nice picture of Northern Ireland on the screen. So I typed it in, and these are the results. This is what I got. Look at that picture in the top left-hand corner. Like, this is an AI-generated stock photo that they want you to buy. And even the bots know that Northern Ireland is a little bit grumpier. Hey, the bots are watching you, and they know that you're grumpy, Jamie. Just kidding. Not you, Lindy. You're very happy all the time. The bots know that Northern Ireland is grumpy. How did they know? To be fair, it's not a secret. Look, I don't even blame Northern Ireland. I'm from there, and I'm pretty grumpy half the time too. It's easy to let the hard stuff get the better of us, eh? It's easy to let it overwhelm us, like so much stress, so much tired, so much homework, so much rain. It's easy to let the hard stuff, big or small, get the best of us. Here's a little diagram for you. It's called the Misery Happiness Continuum. And who says bingo? Rachel, come on up. And Evie, two bingos. Come on up. 
You should come right up on the stage as well, yeah, because everybody should clap for you as well. Did you get bingo as well, Hannah? Yeah, come on up. What prize do you want? You want the Paw Patrol ones? Good, good choice. Evie, what's for you, mate? You want a taste chocolate orange? Get it. Get what yours, mate. Rachel, what's for you? A little candle. Lovely. Well done, everybody. We're keeping on playing. There's still a chance for you to get a prize. Um, so, the misery happiness continuum. Friends, I think we go through our lives thinking that zero is misery and that 10 is happiness. And we all want to be happy. Like, it's not like we don't want to be happy, but we think that happy should be our normal. And when we think that happy is 10 out of 10, that doesn't leave very much space on that continuum for overwhelmed with joy. Like, you can't be 13 out of 10. And sometimes I think that overwhelmed with joy, like, isn't really a real thing for us. I reckon I could just be happy getting through life being a 6 out of 10 happy. I feel like sometimes I'd settle for that. And I wonder if it's because I let the hard things hit me, but the good stuff, mm, not, not so much. And it feels like there's always a pull towards zero out of 10, and we pay attention to that, but we don't always feel the pull towards 10 out of 10. Maybe this is a Northern Irish thing, or maybe you can relate to it too. Maybe it's just a middle class thing, but we, t we, t we don't really want to talk about the, like, the bad stuff. Do you know, we don't really want to talk about the bad stuff. And because we want people to think that we're fine and it's fine and I'm fine. So we don't talk about the bad stuff. Maybe we deal with that in private. Maybe we, bingo, stay fine, get on up here. Maybe we deal with that stuff in private. Going for the coffee, good choice, my man. Maybe we deal with that stuff in private. Maybe we don't deal with that stuff at all, but we generally try and make sure that nobody knows about it. We also don't tend to talk about the good stuff because we don't want to come across as being like super braggy or anything and we want to appear humble. So we shut off all that good stuff and we don't celebrate it. And then we're just left with that space in the middle which can sometimes all make life all feel a bit meh. And those red zones, even if we pretend like they don't exist, those red zones do exist. And life isn't just the meh in the middle. We do feel hard things, hard things happen to us. And when we feel misery, sometimes it can overwhelm us. And that stuff happens and it's real. And we feel it like if we're feeling let down or betrayed by friends or a loved one, or if we're going through a season, like just after bereavement, all that stuff is hard and that's real. But when we feel happiness, that can feel like a little bit more fleeting sometimes, can't it? Like difficulties tend to last for a season, but happiness can last for a moment like... Happiness is like an afternoon when you go out for a walk with your pals, but then you get home and the dishes still need done. Or, you know, like your pal comes over for a cup of tea and that's a nice chat, but then they leave and then you're on your own again. Or like your pal comes over to play and you're hanging out with them and then they leave and you're just kind of bored. Or maybe like some of the grown-ups are just like, or some of the parents are just like, happiness for me is just getting bedtime sorted without any drama. Like that is a grown-up problem. Sometimes I think grown-ups reduce happiness to just there not being any drama. And uh, to be fair, 
kids are a lot better at feeling the joy and the happiness than grown-ups are too. And I think we can be more like kids and I think we can all be more like the wise men because we can let the good stuff that happens, no matter how big or how small, no matter how much it moves the needle towards a 10 out of 10, we can let the good stuff hit us to boost our joy and boost our thankfulness because we are going to need to do that this year. Um, has anybody ever been to the Sagrada Familia in Barcelona? Bingo, Laura Donald, come up, and, and Isaac. Get on up, get on up, get on up. What are you going to choose, mate? It is kind of like six prizes, isn't it? Muppet Minifigure. I can't get rid of these socks, man. For going sake. Anyway, uh, what was they talking about? Oh, anybody ever been to the Sagrada Familia in Barcelona? Some people have. Barcelona in my opinion, is as close to being the perfect European city as I think that you can get. Paris and London and Rome can sit down. Edinburgh doesn't even get to stand up. Um, Spain has a lot in common with uh, Scotland in that respect, that their capital city isn't even their best city. Um, and you can at me, Edinburgh. Um, see if you're in Barcelona and you want food, got it. See if you want like big city buzz, you've got it. See if you want architecture, got it. See if you want like public transport so you can go and do all the things and see all the things, you've got it. Plus there's beaches, plus there's old stuff, plus there's shiny new stuff, plus there's a theme park with like giant roller coasters just up the coast. What more could you want? I think this is the perfect European city. Um, and when I lived in Spain, I took the train to Barcelona for the weekend by myself and I loved it. I love traveling by myself. Brian has a different opinion on that, but I love it. It was the second time I'd been in Barcelona. The first one was on a school trip, so it didn't really count. This was the first time like Cruxy was unleashed on Barcelona and I loved it. And I went to the cathedral and I did the whole tour, like up the towers and seeing the view and all that. Loved it. It was in 2005. And it was way more of a building site back then. There was like pallets with like bags of concrete just sitting around, like all these tiles just sitting around. You got the sense that you were in the middle of like some like emerging cultural historical like thing that was going to be a thing like for centuries to come. And you got to see it even before it was even finished. And that was fun. Like that was cool. You did get like thinking like, I wish I would get to see it when it's finished. Then the grandeur, you know, then it would be like, whoa. And then it would really hit you. I wasn't expecting to get got by a building site, but I got got. Look, we know how the story of Herod and the wise men ends. We know that God visits the wise men in a dream. And after they're done hanging about with Jesus, they go back home a different way. And they don't go back to see King Herod. And King Herod was mad about it. And he kicked his plan into the next gear. And by deciding to kill all of the young boys just to make sure that he got Jesus. And that part of the story doesn't really usually get a mention in our retelling of the Christmas story. And to be fair, we didn't do that bit in our nativity here, which is just as well because I was playing King Herod. And yeah, come on up. Me pretending to kill young children on a live stream is probably just the thing that I don't want to do. So I'm glad we didn't do that. You're gonna choose a prize, great. Yeah, nice, fun. Killing babies. Psychopath. 
what's he doing? We know that's how the story ends, but we don't really tend to retell that stuff. The Sagrada Familia, though, it has got two, like, of these, like, facades, like, two, like, big, complete sides to the building, and they tell different stories. One of them tells the Easter story, and one of them tells um, the Nativity story. Uh, bring me up that, like, next picture there, Riley. Um, so it's got like all the details on one side of the nativity story and the other one all the details of the of the Easter story and after I'd done my tour I was standing looking at this like whole big side of the building that has got the nativity story on it and I was taking in all the details and I was like oh look there's Mary and Joseph and the donkey one more for me Riley there they are, Mary and Joseph and the donkey. Bible doesn't actually say there's a donkey in the story, but that's cute, ah, oh, cute with the donkey. So I'll let it slide. And then I was like, oh, look, there's Jesus and, oh, hello. There's Jesus and Simeon, who will be back in just a moment. Oh, there they are. Sweet, that's cute. I love the story of Jesus and Simeon at the temple. Pretty sure Jesus was a lot younger than that when he went to the temple to get dedicated. The Bible says you should do that when you're about a week old, so not sure about this statue completely, but it's cute, so I like it, so I'll let it slide. And then I was like, just guiding my eyes, and I was like, yo, what is that doing there? That is nuts. And this, one more for me, Riley, these things are like a couple of meters apart from each other. And it was this like man with his metal sword and his, oh, bingo! Bingo, come, 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 come. What do you want to choose? I've got socks, I've got stickers, I've got football cards. What do you want to choose? Going to choose the stickers. Well done, pal. So I'm standing there. I'm looking at the nativity facade, and I see this dude and his sword in his face, and I just broke. And I'm standing there in the street, weeping at a statue surrounded by tourists, and their cameras, and I'm just like, I don't know what to do. I was not expecting to get got by a building site. I mean, calling us a building site, my apologies, Cody. But, yo, I was just standing there weeping. I was like, I don't know what to do. And I thought, I just need to leave. I just need to leave. And I went to go, and my legs were jelly. And I was like, okay, I cry all the time, but whatever, man. This, like, this got me. There is a lot of pain in the world, and sometimes we try and block it out, but it's there. And 2023 is probably going to throw its fair share of it at us. But I'm just trying to make sure that I keep my eyes open to where I can source my joy from this year so that I can make sure that I don't drift off towards the zero in the misery happiness continuum. I'm not trying to pull the wool over my own eyes. I'm just trying to make sure that I'm getting joy and um, and being real about what is going on because we can be more wise men this year we can be dedicated to following Jesus and moving closer to him um, and you can have a think about what your next steps will be like do you need to join a Bible read-through group or do you need to lift your dedication um, to your Bible read-through group I've written here do you need to take your next step in being a little bit more regular in attending church but maybe this is the wrong audience for that one but if you're watching on YouTube later Dun, 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 dun. Um, do you need to sign up for Alpha? Like, do you need to make pre-service prayer like part of your Sunday thing? You'll know what your next step is. And I'm sure that as like whenever you find some time to reflect on your year, 
that you'll have time to think about what your next step to grow closer with Jesus is. I wouldn't rush it, to be fair. I think fasting week is going to be really important for a lot of us in that area. But we can be more wise men. And we can do that by making sure we're watching out for the stuff that God is doing so that we can use it to boost our joy and our thankfulness. This year, I did this thing where I tried to post on my Instagram story every day. And not just so that Hazel Collins could make fun of me on the internet. I did it so that I could feel like, I don't know, it just helped me to feel like better and like stay creative and whatever. But the thing that I love most about it is I can go back into my archive and like flick through my whole year, like our first year back in Scotland, and I can remember it all. So this year I'm going to take that to the next level by like having something every day that I can stay thankful for. And I'm going to do it in a way that I can flick through my year so that I won't forget the good things that God has done. <coughs> me too. Um, so I won't forget the good things that God has done for me. And I have those there that I can... Bingo, bingo. Come on up. There, I've got socks and I've got football cards. Go socks. What are you going to get, Eli? Do you want some socks? Who said bingo? You're going to go for football cards? Love that. I've got socks or football cards. Bingo as well. <coughs> These are the last prizes. You're going to take the socks. <coughs> that means you get a football card. <laughs> well done, everybody. Beautiful. Watch out for the good things that God is doing for you. Keep a note of them so that you can relive them. And we can be more wise men by celebrating the good things that God gives us. And we can make a big deal out of the things that should be a big deal. And I'm not saying you should go out and be really braggy, but what I am saying is don't underplay the good things that happen. Celebrate them, tell people, like maybe a share time's not a thing that you really do yet. Maybe that could be something that you fold into the mix as well to celebrate what God is doing for you and carry your joy forward as you move into 2023, no matter where you find your circumstances.